Hello, Horror Fanatics! I'm Frank. And I'm Jen, and we welcome you to our weekly podcast, Oh! oh the the horror. horror! Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, super, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. Scoopernatural? Scoopernatural! If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe or follow or whatever to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts. And you can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address at oth at seriouslydecent.com. You can go to our website at ohthehorrorpodcast.com. Catch our back catalog, connect to uh, all your uh, favorite podcast platforms, you know. We're everywhere. We are. We are. We're all over this land. And we, we call it the this land. land. <laughs> this land. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um, normally have tea. I'm going to see how long I can go here. This is why I'm glad it's BOGO. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, uh, you can bail on on, uh, I, on me halfway I lost through. a week ago today because mm-hmm. we did the last episode, mm-hmm. recorded that, mm-hmm. and then I went and did a victory dance after some technical problems mm-hmm. where we almost thought we lost the whole thing. Yep. And then uh, I had a cherry chew, and you know it's weird? It's cherry chews are usually not crunchy, but yeah. this one was. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was a, a filling on my gum line. Gone. But. Biggity-bam, just yeah. like that. But I got lucky. No exposed nerve. Yep. Anything like that. Yep, yep, yep. Go to the dentist tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Dentist is always a weird trip. It is. Yeah. Because if you're going for a cleaning, you're just hoping you get in, get out. Yeah. And see you in six months. Yeah. Yeah. Or, and then that's the dot, yeah. dot, dot. What do we got? Oh, here? I have to have the the dentist come in, the doctor, to look at your teeth, and you're like, "All right, this probably means I need a filling." Well, of no, some they sort. haven't looked into it, and you know, usually they're like, "Hey, that's okay," you mm-hmm. know. But then you hear, "Huh? Yeah, you have any pain in this uh, area?" And it's like, "Oh, here we go." Yeah. Yeah. I mean, knock on wood. It hasn't been like that for me in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I've been on a really good run. Yeah. Yeah. No. Throw s- stuff over my shoulder. I don't know. Whatever I got to do to keep the good juju going. I don't Everything changed for me when I started using an electric toothbrush. Yeah. And I didn't really adopt that as much later. I don't know why. But, yeah, regular brushing didn't seem to do that well for me as it did with others. Because yeah. I, I was getting cavities a lot. Mm-hmm. And people are like, you got to brush your teeth. I'm like, I am brushing my teeth. Yeah. I'm doing the it. The thing with the electric toothbrush is it times out the quadrants. Like it breaks up your mouth into mm. the four quadrants. Yeah. So you're actually brushing your teeth for the two minutes. It just, but I think the vibrations better. also help. Yeah, it's just better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Better gooder. Better gooder. Decent. Seriously, Seriously decent. decent. Yeah. But good week overall. Yeah. You know, good weekend. Yeah. And I then, posted uh, a picture of my uh, light up pumpkin collection. You did. Yep. And for those of you who saw it and counted, I have space for one more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. 
Don't think I don't know that. So you think uh, you just have space for one more in this house or just that area? Well, just on that one stand. I know. I was going to say, yeah. there's not yeah. just one more. No. There's more Ultimately, I want to have a lighted pumpkin arch. That'd be cool. Right? Yeah. Or like a pumpkin wall. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. I'd be cool with that, too. Yeah. But I, I like the idea of the pumpkin arch. Because mm-hmm. then you walk through the pumpkin arch to come up and get your candy. Yeah. I'm liking more and more the idea of uh, ripping out that bed in the guest bedroom and making a library in there. Yeah. Yeah. We're I getting, think we're getting swelled up here in books. We are. Yeah. You know, we are. And I don't really have a whole lot that I want to get rid of. That's the problem. No. Yeah. No, we've got an excellent collection. Heaven forbid anything ever happened to us because oh our book goodness. collection, if someone ever came in, they'd be like, who were these people? Yeah. Like if it wasn't a fire, say, because yeah. we've got we've got books and serial killers, killing mm-hmm. cults, yeah. H.H. Holmes, and they'd be like, the Necromonicon and like yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And we that's got like, books on the black arts. And that's like in the dining room. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's just. Yeah. You know, right out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is a mixed spread, you figure. We yeah. got all the black arts stuff. Yeah. We've and then, got, we, um, then you come into your the true, office. All the true crime stuff. And it's Jesus. It's Jesus. <laughs> it's Jesus guitars and IT and yeah. graphics stuff, yeah. like uh, Photoshop. Yeah. yeah. Be like, this, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, we know. We're aware. You know, and a splash of chess strategy books and, like, things like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a weird area in here. You know, I it's mean, granted, even, you look all over. It's not even counting my witchcraft books. Yeah, that's even if they can get past Boy with Apple. You know, I mean, which he, if they never saw, he's a priceless piece of art. If they never saw the Grand Budapest Hotel, I they'd wonder if like, they'd look and be like, "Is that their son or something like, like that?" I don't, I don't get it. You know, it's their son, <laughs> but they don't have an extra bedroom. So, does he lay in the bed with them? They read all this black arts fucking shit. You know, yeah, yeah. no, that, yeah, that would be a weird scenario. Of yeah. someone coming in. Oh, I've thought about it extensively. Oh, I think about it all the yeah. time. Every time I walk by and look at it, I was like, yeah. Like, the family will come and, like, they get it. Yes. You know, and, you know, like, family, friends mm-hmm. and stuff like that. They'll they'll come and they'll get it. They're like, yeah, you do the podcast and yeah. blah, 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 you know, all that stuff. Then once in a while, there's, like, the occasional poor soul that walks in and has no idea what they're getting into. You know, they don't even know the podcast exists, you know, and that's generally like a um, and but I think this is actually I'm going to give some advice to the listeners. You might want to have a little collection like this right out in the frontward facing things, because if you have that stranger that comes in to do some Mm -hmm. HVAC work or that person that comes in to do some plumbing or electrical work. And, you know, you don't really trust them or that delivery guy bringing in an appliance. That's the one you got to worry about, you know, because he's scoping houses out and telling his friends this is a good place. That's a good place. So they probably walk in here and they're like, oh, room full of musical instruments. Awesome. You know, this awesome that, you know, all this crap laying around. And then they look and they see the black art stuff and they probably be like, you know what? I'm just going to go. I'm going to go to the next one. The witch's brooms. Well, not the, the witch figurines. Brooms. Those, are, those are, yeah, but those are decorations. They you know? are. I think yeah. books takes it up a notch. It though. does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I should bring my witchcraft books up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, 
Well, be like, there's some splashed in there. There you are. Know, I mean, there are. Yeah. That's uh, that's what I like. It's not really obvious. Like no. you'd have to look. You're like, yeah. oh, so you're into reading? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Oh, this. Huh. this and it's funny because we've got like classics. Mm-hmm. We've got like. Uh, oh, yeah. Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. We've got the. Uh, yeah, like Wizard of Oz and Pride and Prejudice and. The Necronomicon you know. right next to it. <laughs> that's what we should do. We should mix them all in between, you know. Yeah. That's Yeah, we got them separated for the mostly by for their, the most part, their area. By, by genre. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then there's the comics and, and, and all that. The, yeah. The, the graphic novels. Yeah. And, yeah. And all that stuff. That's uh. Yeah, it's, so I saw a post today. Yeah, and it says, "I don't care about what's going on in your life. I just want to know when you bailed out of The Walking Dead, because mm. that says a lot about you." You know, that's a really good kind of like uh, canvassing question, right? Exactly. There. Yeah. So, you mm-hmm. know, when did we bail out? I'm trying to think. <sighs> Emotionally, we were out after season three. I uh, see. If you're gonna say seasons, I have no idea what they are. I gotta go by the plot. When they left the farm, so that was the no. end of season two. Oh, I gotta break with you there. I really do. I was still in it. I was still in it. the The farm, uh, I mean, the farm was. It had its reasons to break away, but there was that whole dynamic of the prison. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, and then you had the governor, mm-hmm. you know, which was just a whole different deal. And, and it really, I think the dynamic of the story like picked up. Mm-hmm. So I liked the whole bit with the governor. I think leading right up to Negan, like Negan, they drew out a little too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause even with the comic books, like that was going on where they kept driving and they were trying to mm-hmm. go around and then they realized that like they're fucked, you know, yep. they can't go anywhere, but they pumped that a little too long mm-hmm. in the show. Um, and especially if you read the comic, like, you know, what's happening. You, yeah. you already know what's going down. Yeah. And, uh, but I do like how they stopped, like, you know, like right when he hit it and he's like, Oh, this one's a trooper. And then it yep. faded out. And you never know who he hit. Yeah. You know, and and that was a cool part of the season because, like, that was fodder to talk about all freaking year. Yep. And you had, like, oh, you know, it's got to be this person or it's that person. And Mm -hmm. if you read the comic books, you know, or the graphic novels, then, then, you know, you had knowledge of that. But Mm -hmm. it's like, did they stray from that? Because you know they're damn capable of doing it. Yeah, they strayed a um, lot. Yeah, well, they had to. Mm-hmm. Problem was, I mean, I, we probably talked about it before on here, but it was on AMC. Yeah. You know, I always say that should have been, been on HBO. That yep. should have been an HBO special. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they could have just went like verbatim by the yeah. book. Yeah. And even all the people that read it would have been pleased with that. Yeah. It would have been a visual representation yep. of the graphic novel, yep. giving it really the respect it deserved. Yeah. You know, but instead, yeah, they. but I get it. They had to do what they had to do. And unfortunately, they got with AMC, and then it rolled out for a while. And then the problem is, is the changes that they did make affected the story arc quite a bit. They did. And then that's when they were having all those writer's issues Mm -hmm. and all that other Mm -hmm. stuff. And, you know, I I like how the story of humanity falling apart and the crisis of a, like, infectious agent that's going through, um, the crew also fell apart. And the team fell apart as well. Yeah. Like it was really kind of like that part of it I found 
funny. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, huh. Same, uh, same story on both sides of the fence there. The <laughs> development side and all that. Yeah. But I think I tapped out after they captured Negan and they were keeping him around. And then there was, um, oh boy, see, it's been a while since I, I talked about this. And re- Who was that group of uh, other people there that were- They didn't uh, do that. No, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's when I was out because I was like, wait. Yeah, because they were worse than Negan. They were worse than Negan. So here's the thing, and I have to- The whispers. The whispers. I have to come clean with this, though. I never finished the show. So I don't know what happened there. Because we bounced. I never know what happened there. Uh, But for those that have never done any of it, I definitely recommend, because now they got the compendiums. Yes. And there's four or five of them. There's four compendiums. You know, and just buy the compendiums. It's a great collection to have. Yes. And just read the compendiums. They go fast. Oh, they go super fast. You know, they look huge, but if you've never read graphic novels before. Yeah, there are pages where there's no words. Yeah, and you're just watching the story, you know, through the pages. You know, and I mean, if you read graphic novels, then you know what the hell I'm talking about. because. Probably read The Grateful Dead, or The Walking Dead. The Walking the Grateful, Grateful Dead. Dead. Yeah. Mm. What a long, strange trip. They were grateful in the end. <laughs> they were grateful they were dead. Yeah, yeah. So here we are, here season we are. three. Yes. Episode 138. We're getting near the end of August. I know. This is unbelievable. I know. We're, it's, it's bittersweet. Do you, do you feel it? It's bittersweet for me, because like I love the summer. And I like all that. I like getting in the fall. But what I know deep down is fall is quick. You know, I it's hate that. super quick. Okay, so I get a lot of flack because there's a lot of people who are like, it's the summer. I'm going to enjoy my whole summer. Fine. Go ahead. If that's what makes you happy, mm-hmm. enjoy your whole summer. But because fall is my favorite and it is literally, it feels like a day I <laughs> I want to extend that. I want to yeah. spread that out. So, yeah. I start decorating for Halloween in July. July. I don't yeah. do it outside. No. I decorate inside. And it's for me. It's not for anybody else. And then when, once my neighbors down the street start going all Halloween, which will probably be very soon. It'll it's- probably be in the next week. Week and middle, a half. Middle of September. You know, middle... No, I'm saying middle of September, it's full swing down there. Correct. You know, and, Correct. And, but as soon as I see that first skeleton... Yeah. Which, okay, if I'm being honest, there are a couple houses... That got them through the windows. That ha- you know. No. There's a 12-foot skeleton yeah. in yeah. a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. Flip-flops. Well, they got that year-round because it's a bitch to put up, yeah, and they also and they've, spent they've got hundreds of dollars sitting on, it, on the roof you know? of their porch. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's living. Yeah. You guys are doing it right. <laughs> so I guess technically I could decorate outside because there are skeletons outside, but mm-hmm. as soon as that first freestanding skeleton's out, so's my stuff, which is very sad in comparison because I don't have the huge 12-foot Skelling, uh, see, now there's a 13-foot Jack Skellington. Yeah. And I don't think it's so much a want as it is a need. Yeah, but we don't have any place to put that. We don't have any place to put it. No. In the yard? 
or I mean, in we our, could put it in the backyard, in but you got to manage some <laughs> stuff around there. Yeah, no. And then uh, we just, can't do the front because then we don't have the display place. to put up the candy yep. for Halloween. So Yeah. Oh, first world problems, I tell you. Seriously. But you know what yeah. we could do is we could do the giant spider web and the giant spider, and we could do it in that space yeah. where the air conditioner, um, mm-hmm. where the condensing unit is. We could put it right there. Yeah. Because then that doesn't it doesn't disrupt the trick or treaters. Mm-hmm. But you can't put that up until we shut it down. Yeah. Which yeah. we have AC on till mid September. We turned it on Late last September. year on Halloween because it was yeah. so hot. <laughs> yeah. I remember because the house was full of my family. Yeah. And I'm like, and you're like, that's it. I'm turning it on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm seeing Dean there, our winter dog. Yeah. It's like, Dad. This is, this is I'm glad hot. everybody's here, but I'm 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 in, I, I can't do that. I'm in a bad way. This is yeah. too hot. Well, a creative director, we need to keep him uh, you know, in check cuz We got to we got to This show him. goes off the rails without a creative director Dean Winchester, it's, so. It's very true. All right, season 3, episode yes. 138. You got a bogo this week. You do. Yeah. I'm doing James Jameson, and some people are like, "Huh? What?" You'll if figure it out. If you've ever had a you know, Jameson and, and Ginger. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll get in that. What are you doing? I'm At, doing Paveglia Island. Paveglia and you're Island like, in the what later What is half. that? Yeah. Buckle up. It's an island. It is. Yeah. So, all right. Here we are with James Jameson. And as Jen led on, mm-hmm. uh, if you've had um, Jameson whiskey, mm-hmm. a little Jameson and Ginger, which if mm-hmm. you haven't had a Jameson and Ginger. Highly recommend yeah, it. Yeah. 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 You know, just make the ratios out the way you like, and it's a mm-hmm. it's a nice drink. It is a nice drink. You know what's nice about it? Because the ginger ale just keeps everything nice and tame down there. It does, yeah. and the ginger ale doesn't have caffeine. Yeah. So you don't have that I can drink all night yeah. thing going. Yeah. Like you'll have a good time, but eventually know. you'll be like, you know, I used to drink all night with those babies. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, but that's different. You're conditioned. You were a machine. You know, I was wondering that. I was talking with the guys the last time we went golfing. I was like, you know, I wonder, like, if I quit. Well, I did quit. <laughs> Which, hey, actually. I wonder what would happen if you quit, Frank. I know. <laughs> I'm going to brag about that for a moment. Yeah. This month, I've. it's been six years since I smoked a cigarette, had a cigar, any kind of weed, any kind of drugs, mm-hmm. and I haven't gotten drunk yeah. in six years. Yeah. I've had a couple of drinks here and there, but yeah, nothing, nothing crazy. You know, and people say, Oh, if you have one drink, you get buzzed. And no. And I was asking a buddy, you know, I was asking a buddy of mine, you know, I was golfing and I was asking and you know, I was like, I wonder if I went back, like how many I could take down. Ooh. You know. And um yeah, we pretty much agreed I'd probably pick up right where I left off. I think and so. And I think that's where I know I have a problem. You okay. Know, I see that. That's, that's where I know I have a yeah. problem. Because like see, I've had drinks with them, like those uh those cut waters. Yeah. That got a ton of alcohol in yeah. them. They're like 17% or By some volume. of them are yeah. 20% in a can. Yeah. yeah. And it's uh, a white Russian, which like goes down like Super a dream. Yep. Mother's milk. Yep. And uh, and I was fine. You mm-hmm. know, I'm like going through, you know, things are good. And that's when I started piecing it together. I'm like, yeah. yeah you know, I, problem. I think I could just, you know, I could easily. Seamlessly. I could easily grab a bottle of Jameson, a bottle of ginger ale. And just start going going to See? town. And uh but yeah, six years. That's holy that's incredible. cow. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's amazing. I feel great. No regrets. Same. Yeah. You know, I. Yeah, because you were the same time. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, you, you didn't do all the shenanigans I did. But. I did not. <laughs> I did not. But. Which, oh, God bless you. I, uh, <laughs> I wasn't smoking except weed. And that was occasionally on occasion, yeah. Yeah, um, which I haven't had any of that in yeah. six years. Yeah, but you didn't do any hard stuff either. No, so. I did not. Yeah. Well, not intentionally. But you I, were a rough drunk sometimes. Yeah, I can say that six years yeah. later. Yeah, I, <laughs> it was rough for me too. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, you know, it seems seems like all fun and games mm-hmm. until. You're You've project- thrown up all over the bathroom. Oh, yeah. 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 Because once it starts, uh, it, it, it was... I remember one day I went upstairs and I went to go to bed and you threw up all over my side of the bed mm-hmm. and you were laying there. Mm-hmm. And I walked over, I put my fingers on your neck, your pulse was going, and I left. Yep. And I stayed at my mom's. <laughs> yeah. I was like, she can wake up. She yep. can ha- I'll, see I'll all that. I'll take care of it. I just, I, I can't, I can't do it. And yep. then I thought the bed was the worst. I go into the bathroom and there was throw up all over all the over front the, of the sink, yep. the front of the sink, like yep. where the cabinets were. And so I was like, that's it. I'm out of here. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying like I was king of the world either. I, no, no. Geez. But for me, oh. it, it, it just got to a point I where just, it just had to come out. Yeah. Oh, I was never like that. Like if I knew I was getting sick, I knew I was going to get sick. Like it Here's never came to surprise. I, I like, didn't, I never knew I was sick. I just, you know, I, my head would be yeah. throbbing, but that's part of how I get when I've had mm-hmm. too much. Yeah. So you, you can't really tell. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it's like my stomach goes, that's it. And out it goes. Yeah. See, that's weird. Like, I've never, ever, 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 ever had that happen. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel the chain of events coming. No. Yeah. There are times when I do feel the chain of events, but for the most part, it was my stomach was just like, fuck this shit, you're out. Yeah. No, I've never, (laughs) I've never had that. It's, uh, and I hope I never do. Yeah. So, all right, James Jameson. Yep. He's the, um, the grandson Yes. Of the um, the Jameson brand, I guess we could say. Yes. You know, that would be the easiest way to uh, to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, there is a very strange story surrounding the grandson. Oh, yeah. Of the Jameson uh, founder. I'm aware. And um, I think a little bit to back this up, instead of hopping directly Direct, into right it. Right in it. You know, I mean, if you want to hear the history of Jameson whiskey and all that, you can... Check a booze podcast. That's, uh, <laughs> but there was this um, uh, relief expedition that was taking place mm-hmm. in um, in Africa, and it's called the Emin Pasha Relief Exhibition. So I got to give a brief brief little history on this because that kind of explains why they were in Africa, what they were doing. Were they blessing the rains down in Africa? Unfortunately, no. They were doing the exact. Opposite Opposite of that, yeah. So uh, this was uh, 1887 to 1889. It was two years, this expedition. And uh, it's actually pretty significant if you're one of those ones that likes to be in cocktail parties and have weird, useful tidbits of information. Uh, The Emin Pasha Relief Expedition, I got a jewel for you. 
um, was one of the last major European expeditions into the interior of Africa in the 19th century. So before this, you had a lot of these uh, private expeditions that would go in. Mm -hmm. And these expeditions would range uh, from a lot of things, but a lot of it was, uh, you know, annexing land, Mm -hmm. annexing property after resources, uh, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. So um, this was led by Henry Morton Stanley, and its goal was the relief of Emin Pasha, the besieged Egyptian governor of Equatoria, uh, part of modern-day South Sudan. Uh, and um, this was bas- basically threatened by these modest, uh, uh, Mahadist uh, forces. Mm-hmm. So Stanley set out to traverse the continent with a force of nearly 700 men, navigating up the Congo River and then through the Aturi rainforest to reach East Africa. The arduous uh, journey caused Stanley to split the expedition into two columns. The advance column eventually reached Emin Pasha, uh, Pasha in uh, July 1888, uh, which is basically right in the middle of this whole whole s- spread of time. And then a series of mutinies, disagreements, and miscommunications forced Stanley and Emin to withdraw from Equatoria in early 1889. So this was the result, mm-hmm. like, at the end of it. Uh, the expedition was initially celebrated for its ambition in crossing uh, what would be, quote, darkest Africa, unquote. Yes. Uh, However, soon after Stanley returned to Europe, it gained notoriety for the deaths of so many of its members, widespread reports of brutality, and the disease unwittingly left in its wake. It was a fucking disaster. Yeah. Absolutely. With a a capital D. Oh, terrible. Yeah. It was the the, the last large-scale private expedition undertaken as part of the scramble, what they'd call it, the scramble Mm -hmm. for Africa. Yeah. Um, if you don't know this in history or it was never taught to you or anything, I really recommend reading about it, uh, reading about the scramble for Africa, read about these last expeditions and things like that. It's interesting. Um, yeah. it's tragic in a lot of ways yes. and terrible, but, uh, but I think it's, it's, it, it's there to be read and learned. And, and there's a lot of interesting stories. We're going to tell you one of them today. So, you know, if you're into this story... <laughs> I would suggest getting deeper into it. But uh, so basically uh, the purpose of the expedition was to offer relief to Emin Pasha, Mm -hmm. this dictator that was having an issue. And um, this is from Henry Morton Stanley, uh, the autobiography. Uh, The advantage of the Congo route were about 500 miles shorter land journey and less opportunities for deserting. It also quieted the fears of the French and Germans that behind this professedly humanitarian quests, we might have annexation projects. Right. So there was a lot. This is when Europe, yes. I'm going to say it again real loud so everybody can hear it in the back. Europe was yes. doing a lot of crazy things in Africa. Yes. So yeah. just in case you heard something extra in school that took you in a different direction. Yeah. This was no. all Europe. Yeah. And, um, you know, Stanley's uh, writings also point to a secondary goal, this territorial annexation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, oddly enough, they were going to help. This place, but, but you know, if they could claim some land, if along we the could way, ca- claim some long yeah. uh, land with our seven to five hundred troops, you know, yeah. yeah, maybe that's just some gains we can. They were you know. all about colonization. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this really, you know, was the kind of last bit of it, and uh, you know, this basically they did these preparations and they 
Uh, they were to, to go to Cairo, then to Zanzibar. They were going to hire porters, then to South Africa, then around the Cape to the mouth of the Congo, up to the Congo uh, by uh, Leopold steamers uh, branching off at the Arwimi uh, River. Stanley intended to establish a camp on the Arwimi and then go east overland through unknown territory to reach Lake Albert in Equatoria. And that's, um, you know, where he would send the, the families of Emmons Egyptian employees back along the just pioneered route. You know, this is... Um, I got a tab at Zanzibar. Do you? I love Do you that have song. your old man's car? <laughs> oh, I love that song. It's got of, a jazz guitar. It's one of Billy Joel's <laughs> finest. So the relief committee received 400 applications by hopeful participants. These are 400 people that really yep. wanted to go. From these, Stanley chose the officers who were to accompany him to Africa. And this would include a number of names, one including James Slego or Slego Jameson. And um, Jameson at this point was uh, what they would call a naturalist. Mm -hmm. And a naturalist then was generally a big game hunter. Uh, he was an artist, a traveler. Um, and they were, uh, you know, going to go through and do this. So they depart in uh, the 21st of January in 1887, arrive in Cairo on 27th of January, and they start going through the route, and they're doing what they're doing. And um, then basically <laughs> things go awry. Really? Yeah. Odd. Yep. So the way this story is told is a bit weird. It depends on who your source yep. Yep. is from. And f I instantly, when I hear varying things, I always want to see what Snopes thinks of it. Yeah. And then I can kind of just see, like, where in the hell is this going? Right, yeah. Now, for those of you that are going, come on. Just I'm, tell the story. No, I'm right there with you. I think Snopes is fucking terrible. But Snopes gave this a mixture of true and false. Even crazy, wacky, dumbass like, Snopes was eh. like, I can't lean one way or another. Yeah. So here's the deal, and I'm getting to the chase now. By his own admission, Jameson witnessed the murder and uh, mutilation of a girl in uh, what is now the Democratic Republic of Congo. Yes. In 1888, the incident took place after Jameson paid handkerchiefs to a man who said... Give me a bit of cloth and see. And what took place was insane. So yeah. they're sitting around and they're talking about this, that, and the other thing. And the story comes up and this guy saying, you know, this story of cannibalism came up. Yep. And uh, Jameson's sitting there like, I don't believe any of that's true. This is Jameson's story. Yes. I'm going to give him his due. Yep. And then we can we can go from there. Right. Yes. So Jameson's story is he's hanging out with this guy and, you know, they're talking about cannibal, you know, cannibalism and, right. and all that. And and he's saying, yeah, you know, I, I just don't. Th does that really happen? Does that take place? Blah, blah, yeah. blah. You know, and um, and here he's a rich heir at this point of Jameson right. yes. just yes. to kind of preface that all up. You know, obviously he's going on these uh, these expeditions, expeditions and whatnot. Yes. So so basically uh, this guy. uh a tribal guy says, if you uh, give me some some uh, some clo clothing or, you know, or fabric, I think yep. it was fabric was the quoted word of it. Um, I'll, I'll show you how it's done. And so he gave him the handkerchiefs mm -hmm. 
And then basically they bring this 10-year-old girl out. Mm -hmm. They tie her to a tree. They stab her. They cut her head off Mm -hmm. right in front of them. Yep. And and then they dismember her. Mm -hmm. They go and they wash the the remains in the river and take her away. And he said the the girl didn't even make a noise. Right. Nothing. Mm -hmm. So so this goes on. This scene takes place, so to speak. And no one is the wiser. Mm-hmm. Then there's a biographer that's going through and talking the story of this expedition mm-hmm. and brings this up. Mm-hmm. And basically his version of it is the bringing up of this story of saying um, that Jameson knew exactly what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what he wanted to see. Right. And um, and and this is where people uh, lean more into the side of this saying that it was it was true because no one heard about it until right. this guy came out with the story. Right. And um, so the story that I told you out of Jameson's words was in response. And that was a written response right. because he died of a fever. Yes. Um, which I know probably the conspiracy theory people are, you know, oh, yeah, he probably killed himself or whatever. No, he died of a fever. That part yeah. is true. Um, but he wrote. This whole thing to kind right. of clean the name up, yeah. you know, which Clear I'm going to air. Yeah. So be, for me, I think that the autobiography guy yeah. was probably slam dunk on. Yeah. And basically the story on his eyes and he was there. Right. Yes. You know, so you have this story that um, is going on where, he, yeah, he's he's trying to get this organized up. He wants to see it. Right. You know, and he actually made drawings of it. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where the story split too. The autobiographer and other people that were quote unquote there said he was making the drawings right there mm-hmm. and sketching it all yeah. as it was happening. Jameson's story is that he was so affected by it and it sickened him and it was the most sickening thing he's ever seen in his life and he'll take it you know, for the rest of his life. Um, but somehow he managed to go back to his room and make the drawings. drawings. And yep. he did watercolors. Now, I haven't seen the watercolors. I've just seen the drawings. Um, yeah. And and I read his journal, mm-hmm. like his actual yeah. journal of it. And it's just, it's it's suspect. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, none of us were there. We'll right. never know the truth. No. On the whole thing. But the truth is, this did happen. Correct. That's the undeniable truth. Yes. So for those uh, that are, you know, to be informed on this and mm-hmm. want to be informed... You know, if you're in that cocktail party and this type of conversation comes up, it really did happen. Yes. Um, that's that's not for debate. The, 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 the debate part is did Jameson incite this. Right. And, and request it to happen. Yes. So did it happen because he paid for the death, paid for the death of, of this, this girl, 10 year old girl, you know, or, or was it just something that they were going to do they were gonna, anyway? Yes. You know, which I, I think. You can have, and this is what I always agree with things, two things can be right at the same time. Correct. You know, I imagine this girl was waiting in the wings, period, Mm -hmm. for something like this to happen. Yeah. And, you know, Jameson just came being curious and all that stuff. I mean, you know. And here's the thing is the lawlessness down there is so terrible that, you know, your money can go a long way for good and worse there. Correct. And uh, and what I found amazing about the whole expedition, they were talking about it like later on. And then I read this with other expeditions. You know, 
what they what they forget about is like you know you go in with all these people mm-hmm. and then you got to survive there yeah so now what you're doing is you're buying all their food mm-hmm. so you can live on yeah you know so it's a yeah this was a really bad thing for exp- expeditions but even expeditions today like people don't understand that mm-hmm. if you're going through there and you know you've got say 30, 40 people with you, mm-hmm. and you're going through, and there's a tribe of, say, like 50 people, you know, and you're going to go and try to stock up food for the next seven days. Mm-hmm. You're taking all that food away from them. Mm-hmm. This is stuff they don't talk about. No. This is stuff, you, this is why you have to read. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just yeah. going to say it for what it is. This is why you have to read and kind of put two and two together for yourself. So, of course, the funny part of this whole thing. Is they say, well, that's it. That's the last of private uh, expeditions. Now we're just going to do government ones only. Mm-hmm. Oh, like that's so much better. Yeah. You know, yeah. but, and that's what happened. Now yep. it's government organization, you know, government expeditions. So that's why, even if you're going to build a hospital to help people out mm-hmm. in, say, Sudan, you not only got to contact Sudan, but you got to contact these other right. governments yeah. that have yeah. annexed property mm-hmm. and all this other stuff that was, you know, 100, 200 years ago or whatever. And you got to go through them. So you got to go through this whole hot spot thing. And then you got to go through on behalf of your government or something right. like that. Yeah. That's how churches work well in there because they go through the Vatican. Mm-hmm. I say Catholic churches. Yes. You know, if they want to build a hospital or something like that, they can go through the Vatican because Vatican's sovereign soil. Correct. They're basically yeah. their own bit. And so yeah. this is where people say, oh, the Vatican, they're a bunch of assholes because they you know, are sovereign and all that other stuff. Well, I don't see all the hospitals being p- built by other people in these uh, African yeah. countries and stuff. Yeah. So, again, you know, maybe read a bit. <laughs> so if you were a diehard Jameson fan and you're like, shit, I don't want to support yeah. cannibalism. Guess what? You have other options. Yeah. You can have Tullamore Dew, which comes in a lovely oh, container, if I'm I being think for honest. For whiskey, now, whiskey's so huge right now. Yes. There's so many of them. Yes. But here's the thing. I I think this is exactly what happened. After reading all of this, mm-hmm. I think what happened was, is he went down there, mm-hmm. spoiled brat grandkid. Yeah. Yeah. Of a of an heir. More you know, money than sense. An heir, more yep. money than sense, and was going on this wild adventure yep. and uh and and went through and was doing all these things, seeing some crazy things. And I bet he was talking with somebody and you know, they were talking about you know, there was probably word of cannibalism, and there mm-hmm. always was word of cannibalism Correct. going on there. Yes. And uh and and he got very inquisitive about it. Yep. And he had an opportunity to do it. Yep. And he did. And he did it, and he figured, this is in Africa. Nobody's going to know what the hell I'm doing right. over here. Yep. And that's what they do anyways, yep. even today. So it's yeah. not like I'm stretching this by any means. No, no. It's just shit that still goes on. And uh, and and people, you know, just, you know, I'm going to leave it here in Africa. It's going to die in yeah. Africa, and I'm going to move like on. kind of like Vegas. What happens in yeah. Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens yeah. in Africa stays in Africa. Yeah, to the— Except when you're traveling with an autobiographer. To the 10th power. <laughs> well, yeah, and then I think what happened is yeah. he had this autobiographer there, mm-hmm. and he had his journal, mm-hmm. and they, you know, were doing all this stuff. And, and basically, you know, one way or another, he probably pissed this autobiographer off. That's what I'm kind of gathering from, you know, the, mm-hmm. the stuff I, I read. And and basically he's like, all right, fine. I'm going to tell him about this whole fucking story. Yeah. And did the whole freaking story. Mm-hmm. And then that got to a point where, yeah, you could question how he died. Who the hell knows? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. I mean, it is Africa. 
Like I said, he could have gotten. Well, no, this is past. This is like when they got back and, oh, he, and all that. Yeah, yeah but I yeah. mean, that doesn't mean he didn't get yeah. bit by an insect in Africa and come home. With... No, no, I, it was it was time. It wasn't like okay. right after. It, it was time. Um, you know, some time have, has gone past, and you know that's when he dies. But basically, um, you know, yeah, he writes this whole thing, and then from there, he's trying to refute it. Right. And you had the Jameson family like, dude, what the hell? You know, like you probably got the grandfather, you know, Going, I mean, you son of a bitch. Yeah. The grandfather <laughs> and the father just sitting there like, are you freaking serious? Yeah. You know, yep. now we got to deal with this crap, you know, and um, and I think that's where the journal came out from Jameson, mm-hmm. James Jameson to yes. say no. And and I mean, when you read it, it's like this is this is stupid. You know, I mean, I just so maybe it worked then. Yeah, I don't, but I, I, don't I would know. imagine there was a whole. You know, I mean, you're talking nineteen, like late eighteen hundreds, nineteen, you know, early nineteen hundreds. Yeah. Like there was other things to print, and yeah. there was other things to go after, especially then. You know, I mean, you had the drummings of mm-hmm. like World War One. Yeah. And then you got the great, the, the Great Depression, and yeah, you but know, that you had was all this significantly stuff and, later. Well, no, I'm just kind of drumming them up through. You know, like you had bigger stories. You had Mm -hmm. bigger things to write about than this. Um, And even that. Not in 1897 and 1899. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But. uh, You know what he didn't do? He didn't make good choices. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, basically they just, you know, the story goes that, you know, he was in a conversation of cannibalism with a local chief Mm -hmm. and offered six white handkerchiefs. To see someone being killed and eaten, and it was so he could sketch the scene. Yeah. You know, that's yep. that's the story that everybody's kind of pivoting off of. And in a letter home to his wife, he claimed it was all misunderstanding. So, you know, he writes a letter to his life, wife, and he says, I sent my boy, you know, which is usually like their lackey, mm-hmm. you know, um, for six uh, handkerchiefs thinking it was all a joke and that they were not in earnest. But presently, a man appeared leading a young girl of about 10 years old by the hand. This is from his journal and, yeah. or the, the letters to his wife. And, and then I witnessed the most horrible, sickening sight I am ever likely to see in my life. He plunged a knife quickly into her breast twice, and she fell on her face, turning over on her side. Three men then ran forward and began to cut up her bo- the body of the girl. Finally, her head was cut off, and not a particle remained, each man taking his piece away down to the river to wash it. The most extraordinary thing was that the girl never muttered a sound nor struggled until she fell. Um, and then Jameson claims he only started sketching after they had begun to chop her up. He then decided to make the best of a bad lot and got out his pen. And this is when the story starts to mm-hmm. get weird because there's this letter to his wife of this where he drew it right there. Yeah. But then there's later on in his journal where he's like, I drew it back at the camp. Yeah. And it's like, okay, um, you're full of shit. Yeah. You know, I'm just yeah. going to say it for what it is. It's just you're you're full of shit. You know, I'm and and yeah, this is uh and then the comments were I think again the the hilarity of people that are just out on the internet, you know, it was all this, you know, oh, you know, the white blah 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 this and that, you know, and you know, uh and it's like, well, that shit was going on before he got there. Yeah. You know, I mean, this yeah. is, uh, you know, there's probably a reason that girl didn't even scream or utter a word. It's because that's the life of young girls yeah. in that environment, mm-hmm. you know. And again, that's a reality. 
that is a truth. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe me, read about it because this yeah. is just one example there that walked away. There are cannibalistic tribes, you know. not just in Africa, oh, but in other over. parts of the world. They're yeah. all over the place, and they're cannibalistic for a number of reasons. Turns out, it's spiritual. Yeah, um, it's survival. Mm-hmm. It's um, just barbaric. Yeah, you know, like you're dealing with a group of people that have not evolved mm-hmm. to uh, a state of, you know, kind of. Morality. Morality. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, uh, it, you know, it's it's basically like if you want to see what full on anarchy is. Right. That's yeah. what it is. Yep. You know, there's no structure of anything. It's just dominance all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you know, I start reading this stuff and then you sit there and you're like, well, you know, if he didn't go down there, no one would know about it. So he, this guy goes down here and people knew about it. You know, I mean, that's um, it, it's not that he triggered that mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying i'm yeah. not trying to make it right i'm not trying to make it wrong yeah. but the fact is is you know it, there was um, cannibalism occurred before he was there and it occurred after oh yeah, yeah yeah exactly and you know that's um you know like jameson's crime like this non-scientific civilian expe- expeditions into africa were suspended you know like that it just seems exaggerated um, and this is something that I, I read that I just thought was interesting. Like, on the one hand, there were very many other things that went wrong during that expedition, you know. And there's a, um, a point where with Henry Morton Stanley, who was leading the expedition, presented uh, Farron's evidence to the world. Uh, and this is the autobiographer mm-hmm. in order to divert the public attention from the question of his own responsibility and st- instead trying to place the blame on others. Because this whole expedition was fucked up. Yeah. So, like, you read more and more into this. Yeah. This is an angle that a lot of people don't talk about mm-hmm. that even do talk about this. They just yeah. do the the kind of overlay on it. But the fact is, it's like they're saying that this uh, this Henry Morton Stanley was telling Farron, like, publish this. Get all the light on the Jameson family. Yeah. Because I fucked up here. Right. Yeah. I fucked up terrible. We'll shine and, the light on them. Yeah, exactly. And though Jameson's act shocked the Western public for a short time, it was by no means the only thing that went terribly wrong during the expedition. On the other hand, the European colonization of Africa proceeded uh, quickly at this time. So now, uh, which was likely the other reason that made such a privately run adventure expeditions impossible. You know, there was a lot of vested interest for all of this to be exposed because the government wanted to go in and say, we're only going to do these expeditions mm-hmm. now. We don't want private people. But then you had this private person that was sitting here saying, well, this whole thing went fucking wrong and yeah. I can't have that on me. And uh, I just found that incredibly interesting on this um, this whole thing. But uh, so the Jameson affair is only one chapter in like this whole thing right. of going yeah. on. But much of the rest is dedicated to um, um, or it's not dedicated, but. This is the point I wanted to bring up, that the practice of slave eating is actually what it was coined as, mm-hmm. um, is just general. That incident uh, was extraordinary because of a white explorer's involvement. Right. But the deliberate killing and consumption of slaves was not at all. Mm-hmm. Much evidence rather shows that uh, these acts were fairly commonplace in parts of the Congo at the time and that they were not controversial, nor they were considered crimes. Slaves were considered property to be used as it pleased their owners. Yeah. And this isn't just white people going to the shore and buying slaves and bringing them over. That slavery slavery was there for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, it was a traditional and widely accepted custom, both in that part of the world and, as you mentioned, some Mm -hmm. others. Mm -hmm. And um, 
that's where I was happy we were bringing this up because I think even in times today, like people just don't know to the depths of how right. that was going yes. on and not yeah. just going on, but accepted. Yeah. And so when people, I have a real hard time when people come around and say, oh, it's just fucking terrible now. It's like, no, mm-hmm. it was way worse. Yeah. Like worse on a, a level you yeah. can't even fathom. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's clean and sunshine and rainbows because we. Right. I'm all on a part of child trafficking and, you know, Correct. the human yes, slave yes, trade yes. at this point, you know, but, you know, it just, uh, and to say it's not happening anymore, it's still happening, yeah. but, Some but it's say not. in yeah. higher numbers than it was and it could be Previously. commonplace in other yeah. things. But the fact is, is if you actually read into it and looked far into it, you would see it, know it. And then mm-hmm. you could decide whether you want to do something about it. Right. And that's my wrap up with James Jameson. Well, talking about horrible things and times being horrible. Yeah. Let's talk about Paveglia Island. Yeah. I have two sources. Okay. All that is uh all that's interesting.com and the little house of horrors.com. Okay. I'm gonna put my uh, sources quick, just because. Okay, yeah. So I had all that's interesting as well. Snopes earlier, just to, yes. anytime I can bag on Snopes, yes. I will. Irishtimes.com, uh-huh. uh, BL.UK, mm-hmm. uh, Knowledge Nuts, and um, Google Books for the uh, journal stuff. For his journal. Yeah. And then the uh, Pasha Relief thing, uh, I just kind of did some noodling. Okay. Paveglia Island is named in documents dating back from the year 421 A.D., During the 9th century, the island was mainly inhabited by refugees from Padua and Este. When Venice, and thus also Paveglia, were under attack by Genoa in 1379, the residents fled to another island called Judeca. After this, the island was abandoned until 1527, and then the plague hit Italy. In the Venetian lagoon, sits Paveglia Island, a small, unpopulated landmass cut down the middle by a canal. For all its unassuming appearance, however, it has a dark history and is said to be one of the most haunted places in Europe, a continent saturated with tales of ghosts and the paranormal. Many of those ghosts came courtesy of the Black Death, which swept through Europe in the 14th century, killing off millions of people and cutting the entire population of some cities in half in a matter of months or even weeks. And the bubonic plague didn't stop after the famous outbreak of 1348. Instead, it reappeared again and again for centuries. In Venice, Europe's dominant trading port during the late Middle Ages and the Renaissance, officials took advantage of the Venetian lagoon's islands to isolate and manage its plague outbreaks. For centuries, Paveglia Island was Venice's solution to the plague an isolated quarantine site where victims of the plague were sent after infection with few ever leaving the island again. The small island, just 17 acres, housed over 160,000 plague victims through the centuries, and officials did more than just quarantine the sick and soon to die. They burned the corpses to stop the spread of the disease, and it is said that human ash from these cremations make up more than 50% of the island's soil, even centuries later. It sounds like hell, just in northern Italy. (laughs) So let's get to the history. The picturesque Venetian lagoon houses 166 islands, including a small island directly south of the Piazza San Marco, known as Paveglia Island. 
The small dot of land has housed people since at least the 5th centuries when Romans escaped Goth and Hun invasions by fleeing to more defensible islands in the lagoon. As Venice grew into a major power, Paveglia became an important defensive location. In the 14th century, the Venetians built a fort on the island, establishing an outpost that could destroy enemy ships and tried to reach that tried to reach the city of Venice. But when the plague ravaged Europe, Paveglia Island became the quickest and eventually permanent solution to the outbreak. It became an important quarantine site for plague victims as early as the 16th century. In addition to quarantining plague victims on Paveglia, the island also became a gigantic mass grave of the corpses of the dead. Barges from Venice hauled the dead to the island, while smaller ships brought exiles from the city who showed even the mildest symptoms of plague. On Paveglia Island, plague victims spent 40 days waiting to see if they would die or recover. Most died. The Venetians cremated untold thousands of bodies on Paveglia, leaving the ashy remains of play victims to fall where they may. So let's see how they contain the plague through quarantines. When the deadliest outbreak of bubonic plague, the Black Death, struck Europe in 1348, Venice created the first modern quarantine system. The Republic detained ships and travelers suspected of carrying the plague for a period of 40 days. The word quarantine itself comes from the Italian quaranta or 40. Although plague quarantines were largely ineffective, the desperate need to stop the spread of disease drove other areas to adopt the practice. During a reappearance of the bubonic plague in 1374, the Duke of Milan exiled all plague sufferers to a field outside the city. On the Dalmatian coast, Ragusa created a quarantine station to isolate people from plague-ravaged areas. Marseille created a maritime quarantine in the early 16th century, while the 17th century Frankfurt banned anyone living in a plague-afflicted house from attending public gatherings. In colonial New York, the city council set up a quarantine station on the island that now houses the Statue of Liberty. Venice's Lazarata system of plague quarantine stations. The Black Death devastated Venice's population in 1348, killing half of its citizens. As Venice was a hub for international trade, it welcomed ships from around the world, making the island republic especially susceptible to the spread of disease. As the bubonic plague ravaged Europe for centuries, Venice responded by creating a network of lazarati, or plague quarantine stations, on the islands of the lagoon. Paveglia became the most important of these inspection ports by the 18th century. In 1485, Venice's ruler Giovanni Mocenigo died from another outbreak of the plague, which spurred the city to create several quarantine colonies on isolated islands. Quote, when plague struck the town, everybody sick or showing any suspect symptoms were restricted on the island until they recovered or died. End quote, explains anthropologist anthropologist Luisa Gambara. On Lazaretto Vecchio, an island northeast of Paveglia, the number of corpses soon overwhelmed the city's capacity to bury them. Archaeologist Vincenzo Gobo said about 500 people a day used to die in Lazaretto Vecchio. Corpse carriers simply had no time to take care of the burials, end quote. Quote, it looked like hell, wrote 16th century chronicler Rocco Benedetti. 
The sick lay three or four in a bed. When plague, plague victims died, they were thrown into mass graves. Quote, workers collected the dead and threw them in the graves all day without a break. Benedetti recorded. Often, the dying ones and the ones too sick to move or talk were taken for dead and thrown on the piled corpses. From the 16th century on, Paveglia Island housed plague victims and their many breathed their last and were cremated or buried in the mass graves. But the island became even more important in Venice's epidemic prevention plans in the 18th century. In 1777, Venice's Magistrate of Health turned Paveglia Island into its primary plague checkpoint, and any ship sailing to Venice had to stop at Paveglia first for an inspection. If any sailor showed signs of plague, Venice quarantined them on Paveglia Island. So you're like, wow, that sounds horrible. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Paveglia <laughs> Island remained an important plague quarantine site until 1814. And owing to its haunting legacy as the city's go-to quarantine station for the plague, Venetians began calling Paveglia Island the Island of Ghosts. I wonder if the ghosts are on quarantine. Like, do they still think they're... Well, yeah, maybe that's why it's haunted. They're like... They're there. I was told to stay. Yeah. So we're all six feet away from each other wearing masks until someone tells us no. There were Sorry, no masks. I had, I had to drop the it. only the only people that I had, had masks were it. the doctors. Adding to the Pave- <laughs> in, adding to Paveglia's dark history in 1922, Venetians transformed the island by building a mental hospital there. Naturally, rumors soon spread that a doctor at the hospital carried out morbid experiments on his patients. Only two reportedly die after falling from a bell tower on the island. Mm. The hospital closed its doors in 1968, leaving Paveglia Island once again abandoned. Not surprisingly, stories of of plague victims and how abused psychiatric patients are now haunting Paveglia Island continue to this day. In 1922, new people came to live on the island. This time, they were psychiatric patients. And the doctor of the facility was your typical mad scientist who liked to perform horrible experiments such as lobotomies, which is the brain surgery with the chisel and a hammer mm-hmm. right above the eye. The director eventually lost his own mind and threw himself off the clock tower of the facility. People claim the ghost of his victims drove him to his deed. The decaying psychiatric hospital is still there, but since 1968, nobody lives on the island, you know, except for the ghosts. In 2014, Venice unsuccessfully tried to auction off the island, but the deal fell through and the island's status remains in limbo. Today, the island of ghosts is completely off-limit to visitors. Why anyone would want to visit is crazy. But when the mass graves were discovered... So when are we going? I'd love to go. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah. So when the mass graves were discovered a century later, the researchers stumbled upon something even more unsettling. In some graves, they found skulls with large pieces of rock clamped between the jaws. Every time, a you know, when a victim died, a death pit was reopened. Sometimes, a recently buried corpse had blood dripping from his or her mouth. Decomposition gases blew up the, corses, the corpse, which sometimes caused internal organs to rupture. The blood coming from these organs found its way out through the mouth, through the mouth. This is gross, but that's how it works. But these people did not know that back in the 16th century. 
So back then, they believed that that person had to be a vampire who was feasting on the other corpses. So <laughs> you're already dead or mostly dead, and you're in this pit of despair. Yeah. Nothing could be more. And now it gets reopened, and there's blood coming from your mouth. So they're like, well, now we got to slay a vampire. Put a stone in its mouth so it would starve and hope that. Hope things work out. Yeah. Just say some prayers and hope that we're going to be okay. My goodness. Fishermen today still avoid Paveglia Island. They literally navigate around the area widely. When the skies are clear, you can allegedly see the skulls and bones under the water's surface. When a skull or bone accidentally is caught in the net, the entire catch is thrown back into the deep. The fishermen would rather take the loss than take the risk. Around 160,000 uh, plague victims were buried or cremated on the island. So it's not hard to imagine this place would be overcrowded with restless souls. Fishermen claim to hear screams and moans from the island, and they say that the bell tower can that the bell in the tower can be heard sometimes, which would be impossible because the bell itself has been removed. It's been gone for years. Quote, little Maria is a spirit that has been seen on the island for over 400 years. This young child most likely died from the plague. She roams the beach while she cries in a heartbreaking way. There are also some spirits from the time it was used as a psychiatric hospital. Pietro, a man with two amputated legs, used to race his wheelchair through the hospital. People claim they can hear his phantom wheelchair racing up and down the corridors. Frederico grins and laughs out loud the entire day, and the spirit of a young female is seen regularly as well. She has a terrifying expression on her face. People say she's scared of the mad doctor who still performs his, his sick experiments there. Mm. A pair of huge eyes have been seen just below the water surface, and people see faces behind the windows of the hospital. People claim that they feel like they're being watched and even followed around the island when they visit, because even though you're not supposed to, people do. Mm -hmm. Some get emotional when stepping on the island, feeling deep dread and sorrow. The hospital can be entered on several places, but the easiest entrance, entrance is the scariest. You'd have to crawl through one of the cremators. Visitors of the hospital claim to see shadows on the walls that appear to follow them throughout the entire facility. Sometimes people get scratched, scratched and pushed, and in the end, nobody leaves the island unshaken. Paveglia today has its own government and is closed to the public. Even though fishermen avoid it desperately, it draws like a magnet to adventure seekers who want to catch a glimpse of all the island's misery. So who wants to enter will have to apply for it, and it can take years to get an approval. Going there without it is against the law. So Besides, it takes years to get approval? Correct. Really? It's hard to find someone willing to take you there. The Ghost Adventures crew were given permission to film there, and they still suffer from the consequences. Man. So could you imagine? So say we filled out a request yeah. today. Yeah. It could theoretically or hypothetically take... Years. Yeah, like five years. Before they're like, yeah, you can go. And okay, so now you're like, all right, we're sanctioned. We can go. And then you get there and everybody's like, 
nah, man, I'm not taking you there. So you're like, yeah, yeah. But I got this piece of paper that says I can go. And they're like, good for you. Bye. <laughs> yeah, like you can't go there on your own. You need somebody to take somebody, you there. It's an island, and so nobody, you have yeah. to have someone yeah, to, so you need to a take boat, you out. You yeah. need a boat chartered and yeah, all that other stuff. Uh-huh. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. we got to look into that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's supposed to be the one of the most haunted places in Europe. I mean. Man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, between... So there is a story of it was two or three people that did go to the island, and they told their story. Mm. They did not get permission. They did, however, find someone who would take them to the island, and he's like, I'm going to be back at such and such a time. You better be here. If not, too bad for yeah, you. Gone. So, so you'd be stuck there. They were stuck there. Yeah. And they lost their freaking minds. They were saying that the activity there was immense. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. They're like, it could have been all imagined because, you know, you're you're in this remote location where all these horrible things happened. But yeah. at the same time, half of the soil is made up of human ash. Mm-hmm. And there are skulls and bones that you can see in the water. Yeah. So... You know, you could easily see how even if nothing was actually happening there, your just mind would just to start. To where that would yeah. get into your head. And then, yeah. And then if you were to let yeah. some evil things yeah. in and evil, yeah. evil ideas yeah. and evil intentions, yeah, things yeah. could go south. Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to be a real strong constitution to go to a place like that. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> you can do <laughs> I this? I think so. <laughs> It's, I don't know. I you don't know, like to I, push my luck with a lot of stuff either. I feel either, bad, you know? though, but I feel like I feel like those spirits should be... Put to rest. Yeah. Like, they should be allowed to let go. Yeah. They should, they should be allowed to move See, on. See, this is, this is where I get in a crisis mm-hmm. of kind of, say, spirits. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and this is where I see, like, these these ministers and mm-hmm. and people like that that do this, uh, you know, kind of removing of spirits and, mm-hmm. and all that. And it's like, do you, do you even really know who you're messing with there? Right. You know, is that all evil over there? You know, like, is there suffering spirits? Is that just I'm evil? Sure. Is that just evil kind of paralyzed in a space just waiting for prey to come on just to, you know, to me, that's what if that's what it seems like. I don't know if there's spirits there that are put to rest. You know, and as I think more and more as I, I just become more and more religious in my life, you know, I, it's um, yeah, you, this that whole free will thing. A lot of people will come and 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 they ask me things, you know, because they're like, you know, kind mm-hmm. of heard or see me on my path and stuff. And it's the number one like religious like uh, anti like question of. How can God let bad things happen and mm-hmm. all that stuff? And it's like, you know, the more and more you get into the the writings of the Bible mm-hmm. and the the, the words, more and more you the realize. words of Christ, you realize that it all is on free will. Yeah, you know, so if you're the one letting it happen, you're the it's one letting it happen. It's yeah. not God. You know, mm-hmm. if you walk with God, you walk towards God. Mm-hmm. You're removing the 
option of that. Mm-hmm. And even when it does occur, it's someone that's gone off the path. And more right. and more you start look at that, you see it. Mm-hmm. You see where someone made a choice. And the fact is, is God can't just say, all right, there's no murder. No kids are going to get killed. Yeah, no. None of this stuff, because now God is destroying your free will. Right. And like to see that in a black and white way without corrupting it with any kind of biased mm-hmm. thought or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, is it's hard. He wants you to come to him freely. Well, let's just get away from that for a second. Mm-hmm. Let's just tear that whole concept out that he wants you to come to you and all that. You just have a choice. Yeah. You have a choice to go one way or the other. Yeah. You're either with it's God very binary. or you're not. Yeah. It's very binary. Mm-hmm. You know, do you walk towards light or do you walk towards the darkness? Mm-hmm. You know. You walk towards good, you walk towards evil, mm-hmm. you know, and you start looking at a lot of mistakes that you made in your life or a lot of things that went wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and you think the world's against you and all mm-hmm. that stuff. It's just like, well, m- did you put yourself in a situation where the world's against you? And many would be like, no, I didn't. But I guarantee if you sat somebody down yeah. that was in that scenario. A series of choices. Yeah, I made. think I would be able to sit there and say, all right, this choice right here. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you go this way? Yeah. You know, or anything like that, you know, and uh, and that's where you start seeing the ploy with things. I, the biggest fear, I had a real revelation yesterday um, of the biggest fear people have. And I'd be willing to put this down like as a serious statement. I'm, no research in it, you know, mm-hmm. no grant money for research on it. But right. But I think the number one fear that everyone has is public humiliation. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, that's. The biggest fear everyone yeah. has. Because you're going to have stupid shit happen to you and you can make a mistake. But if no one's around, yeah. you know, you're like, whoo. Thank God nobody right. saw that. Thank God nobody saw that, you yep. know, and you move on and yep. and you go through and it's not as uh, uh, destroying to you, you know, right. and it's yeah. not as uh, malicious. But if you if that were to happen in public, you know, yeah. now you're mortified yeah. and it's stuck there. Yeah. And, you're you know, it's just burrowing away in your mm-hmm. head. Um, it's kind of like, you know, I always say like, and this is how I kind of thought of it. It's like, yeah, I, I'm of that kind of side of the street where I think people, there needs to be a little more ass kicking. People yeah. need to be responsible. Yeah. And people what need pe- to realize no, they're- and, and what people don't understand in that whole statement there is it's not that I'm for violence. No. Because this is what I piece together. It's not really beating up someone. You beat someone up in private, they'll take their licks and move on right. and all that. But they get their ass kicked in the public and they're hu- they're humiliated, humiliated in public. Yeah. Whole different story. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to conduct themselves a different way. Yep. I don't want to ever be in that situation again. Actions you know, have consequences. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And 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 I think that's a really, really big thing to examine. You know, so back to a whole island that's haunted and full of spirits. This is where I start thinking more that evil exists. And I I'm of the side of the fence now, and I'm very open to be swayed from the other side. It's mm-hmm. not like I'm putting all my eggs in one basket. Um, I'm evolving through my life. But I think now all these spirits that are on the outside, I, I don't think they have any good at all. You know, And I think a lot of that is largely based on how I live my life and go through. And I could go through a lot of these situations, and I don't see a damn thing. Mm-hmm. I don't hear anything. Mm-hmm. I don't nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, Because I am on a track where yep. I just don't prescribe to it. I don't mm-hmm. give it an inch. And mm-hmm. if I give it an inch, I'm running towards God, yeah. I'm running towards Christ. And, and, and I've noticed that mm-hmm. I've told you dreams yeah. that I've had yeah. that just were very, very dark and very mm-hmm. pushing and extreme yeah. that there's something trying to get into me. Mm-hmm. And, 
and I would pull out Psalms 91 or something like that. And mm -hmm. just all of a sudden, bang, I don't have that problem anymore. You know, but it's funny, this story that you were talking about made me think about, um, Shutter Island, the movie. Yeah. And, um, you know, regardless of the two loons in that movie, it's a good movie, yeah. you know, and it's yeah. Scorsese. I mean, he does good movies, but a lot of people, um, don't know that that was done in a uh, Medfield state hospital mm -hmm. that's in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge insane asylum. And, um, I started reading a lot about that in the, the asylum. We should, I think, do it as an episode someday. Okay. Um, it was founded in 1892 and, um, it, was in business for like a hundred years. It was a long freaking time. And that place was massive. It yeah. was absolutely huge. There was like, um, um, oh, let's see. I have a quick blurb on it here because I was pulling it up while you were doing your end there. But uh, at the height, the complex included 58 buildings. Yep. Massive. Um, it was on uh, 1.4 square miles of property with a capacity of 2,200 patients. This is just in... In Massachusetts. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just uh, in, in Medfield, Massachusetts. So everybody probably from Boston and all yeah. that other stuff going from there. And they had many of these things here, but they raised their own livestock and produce. They generated their own heat and light and power. Mm -hmm. Like they were the this separate deal. It's added to the National Register of Historic Places in uh, 1994. But the property closed in April 2003. Buildings were shuttered up. Yeah. Which is funny. Shutter Island. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, the grounds uh, were restored, reopened to the public, uh, and it was open every day from sunup to sundown, um, and it was used as a filming location. But uh, as of July 2012, uh, the Clark Building was demolished. Um, but what I was thinking about with that, there was this really cool story. Uh, there was a, a cemetery there that had 841 grave sites. Mm -hmm. you think about that. That's yeah. crazy. That is crazy. For just an institution, mm -hmm. you know. Um and then uh, this uh, cemetery was open from 1918 until 1988. So yeah. basically 70 years, 841 grave sites. And originally there was only numbers on the graves in the cemetery, but a Boy Scout from Troop 89 made it his Eagle Scout service project to, to find out the names and names dates and numbers. of all those that were buried in the cemetery. It's a pretty cool story. That is. You know, so fun fact. Yeah. Because that's kind of a downer. I mean, it, it was, it, it was a, the Boy Scout, the Eagle Scout, and giving names to numbers is is huge. Yeah, yeah. But let's lighten things a little bit. Sure. So, in my nine to five, mm -hmm. or my eight to five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your jobby job. Yeah, my jobby job. We work on renovation loans, and these are repairs that have to be completed within six months. And mm -hmm. if they don't complete within the six months, they have to fill out an extension, which is a request to give them more time. Yeah. And they have to put a reason for why they didn't get it completed in six months. Mm -hmm. And I, honest to God, in the last week, had an extension where the reason— they weren't done in six months is because there was a movie being filmed at the house next door and you couldn't get through to do any work or to do anything yeah. on account of everything was shut down for the oh, movie. Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine you're all like 
first time home buyer and you're like, yeah. oh my God, we bought our dream All home and, and we're going to, we're going to make it the way we want it. We're going to yeah. make these repairs. It's almost going to be brand new. Oh, oh, we can't, we can't do anything. And if, I don't know if you're aware how quickly Hollywood moves. Well, there's a writer's strike right now. Yeah, so yeah, yeah no, it, oh, it's this done. Is a it's different... done. Oh, okay. So, All and right. I believe it was somewhere in Massachusetts. I could be wrong. Yeah. But I was like, because <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I'm like, where is this place? Yeah. Man. Yeah. I see some weird. You do. Shit. You really do. On oh, the rag. God. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's contractors or like people getting loans or properties like you see some of the just craziest crap I do. and then the names of companies i mean yeah. just like you know get her done is my favorite yeah 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 no it's uh it's crazy yeah no there's definitely some crazy stuff yeah you'll pull me in from time to time oh i know check there's this, check there are some out. things where i'm like you know what why should I be the only one subjected to this? <laughs> and that's what I call you in. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. hey, babe. Yeah. Check this out. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's uh. Well, one of our properties was featured on uh, this old house. Yeah, that's right. It, that was in Saratoga. Yep. Of all places, in the whole country. Yeah. The company right? that you work with at Saratoga Springs, where we were neighboring, basically. Yeah. 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 And so you look at weird things like that. It's like the odds of, you know, stuff so small world. It's hysterical. You well, know? here's the thing. I've gotten to the point now where there are certain street names mm -hmm. or uh, like the the wording of the street name. Mm -hmm. And I it almost triggers me. And I'm like, oh, this has got to be in New Jersey. Yeah. And I look and I'll be damned. Or, oh, that's got to be in Chicago. Yeah. Yep. There it is. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 kind of a uh, it's a gift I never want. <laughs> I'll be honest. It's a I gift I never asked for. I don't want to. I, I don't want to know what I know about Chicago. <laughs> well, I've yeah. never been there. How do yeah. I know so much about a place? Because your company is based out of Chicago. They are. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Well. But yeah. I thought you'd appreciate that. No, definitely. We couldn't work on the house because everything yeah. was shut down for the movie. And it's probably a movie that'll never come out. Oh, my That's God. That's the worst thing, you know. You know, it never occurred to me because, like, they did uh, Hubie Halloween in Salem, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they didn't just use Salem. They did, like, neighboring Neighboring cities. areas, yeah. It, it never occurred to me that, oh, yeah, there's, there's a ton of places where they're they're filming mm -hmm. all the time. Oh yeah. All the time. Yeah. And these, here's the thing. We got a whole section of Georgia loans and do you know how often they film in Atlanta? I'm just waiting. Well, you know, what's <laughs> funny about like Hollywood and, and filming movies and all that stuff. And I know we bag on Hollywood a lot. I'm sorry. Just stop making it so freaking easy. Yeah. Seriously. But the fact is, is I love how all of Hollywood is like, Oh, we need to tax people more. We need to tax people more. And then they did all that filming in Georgia. 
And everybody, I remember pe- people sitting there because the peach would come up on all that and it'd say Georgia. And everybody's like, why are they filming all in jo- Georgia? And I'm the only one running around. It's like, because they're not paying taxes there. Exactly. Same That's thing why. with Canada. Yeah. If they're not in Georgia, they're yeah. in Canada. And then Georgia made some political stance or something. Yep. It was probably with abortion or something like yeah. that. I can't remember what it was. And now they're, and not, now they're like, oh, I'm oh, never, never filming going in Georgia, Georgia again. again. Yeah. You know, and, and okay. so, no, they're going to find another low tax yep. state that they're going to go through. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. It's just, it's so stupid. <laughs> We're in a stupid time it right is. now. It is. You know, I just, and it's not just now. It's no. been the last, like, 10, 15 years yeah. where it's just been like, really? Mm-hmm. Are you fucking kidding me? You know, yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, it's unreal. Yeah, that whole Georgia thing with movies, because that's where Walking Dead was filmed. Yeah. You know, yeah. and all that shit. I mean, it just uh... made in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I remember having that conversation with somebody. It was on a golf course or something like that, and they're just, oh, I don't get why they're filming everything in Georgia now. It's like because they're not paying taxes. Yeah, that's yeah. all. The group that wants everyone yeah, to pay, pay taxes, taxes. doesn't want to pay tax. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> Uh, it's a special, uh, special group of people. It is. It really is. It, it, and, it is. um, yeah, so that's with, uh, Jameson and, and the beat. Again, if you're like, you are very staunch anti-cannibalism. Yeah, yeah. Get yourself some Tullamore Dew. You're Tullam- not you're not going to feel like you're missing out. Get some Tullamore Dew, and then and the if next you have day, too much, you-, you have the Tullamore, Tullamore flu. flu. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> With that being said, we're wrapping it up for this week. Yep. Next week, Cult of the Month is back. It is. Yeah. And we're doing the Rainbow Family of Living Light. Yeah. And they're still going, branches of it. It's now Rainbow Family, you know, unless that's something all different together. That this one's going to have to require a lot of digging in because I don't know if it's different rainbow. Oh, I'm sure things well, you know we might end up with several rainbows yeah, yeah but pretty much all rainbow families are of the commune persuasion correct and uh but this one that we're going to be getting in uh came into existence like around 1970 um it's a different time man yeah that's that's the one where uh we're gonna start going going we'll circle towards. the wagons around yeah and um yeah, their their whole thing was is that, you know, it's this loose affiliation of people and uh this nomadic existence and and basically having no leader. And that's right. what makes this rainbow family and they have the rainbow gatherings. And yeah, to this day it's still it's still going on. So should we do our uh call to action? We can for our uh Yeah, so we'll we'll yeah, we'll bring it up informally. Formally, yes. well, formally and formally bring it out. Yes. Uh, yeah. So for the Halloween episode, yes, we are toying with the idea of doing a um a take on the hot wing, the hot ones, the hot ones type thing. I don't yeah. know how much we can word this right. to where we're you know we don't get in trouble. Trouble. Right. But uh, we're toying with the idea of doing film next year. So we were thinking instead of doing like a just true up Halloween thing, you're going to watch Jen, myself, and maybe some others mm-hmm. uh, go through some hot wings. And uh, what we'd like to do, and we'll get more formal with this as it goes on, 
we'd like you to submit questions to us that you'd like us to answer that you'd like us to answer while under the influence of of very extremely, extremely hot, hot Scoville ratings so, Scoville, <laughs> Scoville rating sauce yeah so if that's something you're interested in um yeah send some questions yeah uh, horror related they could be of episodes we've done before yep if you're just seeing if we retain anything that we do yep um we're not going to study them up we're just going to shovel them off to the side yeah um you know it's not something we're going to prep up because the only training we're doing is our hot sauce tolerance yes so yes. we're, we're going to start that next month <laughs> and and see what we can do but we're going to go right up to like the super super hot stuff yep. And it's a chance for us to um, check out um, the video options and how mm -hmm. to do video editing. So instead of, you know, we'll do some random things in here. Maybe if they're keepers, we'll we'll plop them out as little special bonus things. Right. Um, you know, figuring out camera angles and how to yeah. edit and stuff like that. But I figure uh, first uh, kind of like a first soft, go at it. soft opening of video. Super soft opening. Super soft opening <laughs> of uh, video before, um, you know, the year begins and uh, 2024. Uh, cause yeah, 2024, it's, um, looking more and more like we're going to get into video. Uh, so we'll reveal that much more in December right. of, uh, where you'll be able to see us and, um, you know, but Hey, uh, you'll get to see us suffer for, yeah. But for October, uh, yeah. on the Halloween episode, whatever that falls on that Monday yep. when we release, uh, yeah. And we'll, we'll just probably put that on YouTube. Yeah. Um, you know, unless uh, there's, again, if you have uh, some other um, platforms mm -hmm. that you'd like Suggestions. that to be again. on. But again, that's going to be an evolving thing. Submit that your questions, your suggestions to OTH at SeriouslyDecent.com. Yep. So that's your questions and, um, and, and all that stuff. But yeah, again, video platforms, we're very open to it. It's a option we're looking at to expand what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also what we'll be hopefully doing at some point is doing remote on-site, like, location yeah. type stuff. So yeah. We got big um, plans. Yeah, we're toying with things like Gettysburg and, mm -hmm. you know, all sorts of places where we'll just do more on-site. and Pavaglia Island, but don't tell anybody. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got to get my captain's license so, so we can boat over I gotta there. get a passport yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need a boat captain's license yeah because nobody's gonna bring us over there no so uh yeah so imagine? that's some get a gondola <laughs> <laughs> we could do the canoe we got we a could. canoe Wait. yeah portage portage <laughs> lift that sucker up yeah uh, uh an, an homage to kevin that's uh is. yeah so um yeah we're looking forward to that Yep. And, uh, of course, we'll be drumming it over and over again oh, we will. as things come on. But, but we, again. Didn't, we didn't have anything kind of fleshed out, but we'd like to, you know, at least bring it up. And like I said, the, the video end of it. So definitely on my uh, technical nerdy end of this podcast here, if you have a video platform that like you're all into and mm -hmm. that's your your thing, uh, please let us know because that's how we were with the podcast and yeah. audio version. We wanted yep. to be spread out all over the place. So. Uh, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, like I said, some of our test stuff we might do as little bonus snippets, and yeah. we'll let you know. And uh, But, yeah, the big full episode reveal will be that, and we'll answer the questions that come yep. from the fans. Yep. And you can watch us suffer. Yep. And, um, yeah. So with that being said, rule number one. No Ouija boards. Number two. No towels. Three. No capes. Four. No blood rituals. Rule number five. No cults. 
satanic or otherwise. No, no, you'll find that out tomorrow or next week. <laughs> right. Real sick. No apathy. You need to act to help enact a positive change in this world. Yeah, spread some love around. Pay for the coffee and the car behind you. Yeah. You know, buy some school supplies yeah. and donate it to or, a school for needy children. Or I'll mix our last rule in together with this. Just listen listen to someone yeah. that's having yep. a hard time and yep. just needs to get some be stuff there. off their chest. Just be there. Be a good friend. Yeah. Don't engage with the black-eyed children, people, beings, animals, yeah. entities. Yeah. Which, on that note... I'm really glad you turned me on to that um, Bigfoot series there. I love Expedition Bigfoot. I love me a good. Uh, that's on Max, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. I love it's me. It's generally on. It, it started on the Travel Channel, but I think now it's on uh, Discovery. So mm-hmm. when they do their new seasons, they'll be on Discovery, yeah. and then they'll make their way to uh, Max uh, and Amazon. Bigfoot hunters just get me. Oh yeah. I mean, everything's Bigfoot. If you're confused on what a bias is, just watch Bigfoot hunters. Yes. Period. Yeah. Every noise. It, it, oh, it's a squatch. Yep. It's a Bigfoot. Uh, oh, you see how this tree broke? That's a squatch. Yeah. You know. Yep. And then you got the cameraman looking up, and it's like, well, I, I don't know, Ted. It looks like it fell off of that thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. My bad. Yep. And our last one, just listen. Yeah. I have a feeling. Just listen. You might hear a squatch. After uh, <laughs> after our hot sauce challenge, our I have off. a feeling it's going to be like number nine, no Carolina Reapers. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Well, and here, this is another way we could get uh, fans um, and listeners in. Um, send us through either the Facebook group or Instagram or um, the email address, oth at seriouslydecent.com, what the title should be. Yeah. So come up. If you got a snazzy title that you think of, uh, yeah, we'll do that. Maybe uh, we'll send some sort of prize to someone who yeah. gets it, some swag or something. Because swag we're looking at too which you'll see on the video yes. we're going to be revealing swag it's a big moment it's a big moment as we it's punish a culmination ourselves of all it's a these culmination things. of things video different ways of doing things getting the fans involved swag mass hysteria <laughs> mass hysteria so with all that being said have an amazing day a lovely week and make good choices take care <laughs>